Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Are you ready? Do you love me? Do you really love me? The president believes Governor Cuomo should do the right thing, resign. Joe Biden suggests you should, quote, get out of the way. If you're coming after the rights of parents in Florida, I'm standing in your way. It's not really about infrastructure at all. This raging inflation created by the rescue package. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a political trivia Thursday. We'll plan a little bit uh, your category Supreme Court decisions. By the way, before we get into the news, Boogie on the Broad with the Band of Oz in Edenton, our friends in Edenton, that has been canceled for tonight. Uh, apparently some members of the band got sick and uh, they're going to have to postpone and reschedule COVID, so, COVID spread or? I, well, I wouldn't go that far okay I wouldn't go that far but <laughs> I'm just the 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 band is not going to be there so if you come down to boogie you have to book bring your own boom box to boogie tonight bring your own boogie bring your own boogie board um, Carolina Journal is reporting a group that advocates for North Carolina public schools will turn to controversial journalist Nicole Hannah-Jones as a featured speaker for its October summit. The public school forum of North Carolina broke the news Thursday about Hannah-Jones serving as a keynote speaker for the October 26 virtual Color of Education 2021 summit. Of course, you know Hannah-Jones the controversy over her coming down to uh, UNC and also the controversy of the fact that she is the author of the 1619 fictional project, which, uh, well, I'm not going to get in all those details. She is a ultra lib who would love to push critical race theory. She does push critical race theory. Uh, well, I don't, I don't think it's a stretch to go further ba- based on her own writings and say she is a racist. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I mean, I don't know how, how you can say it any other way. I just can't imagine the public schools getting her to be a speaker about it. Well, this is not the public schools. This is a group uh, that says they advocate for the public schools. Uh, the Public School Forum of North Carolina is the name of the group. But I would also say if you investigate this group, they've got a lot of connections to the public school system. Yeah, this is this is another one of these ways, though, that, you know, we're, OK, we're going to get around. You know, oh, no, 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 we're not we're not pushing critical race theory in our public schools. Oh, no, no, no. We're not teaching critical race theory in our public schools. And then you invite in Nicole Hannah Jones to speak at the public school forum of North Carolina. There you go. Um, it, it's uh, it's a it's a you know, what, what's the old saying? Uh, <laughs> don't. Don't pee on my head and tell me it's raining. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's from the outlaw Josie Wells. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I hear an organization says they they want to advocate for me, I, I know that means they want to check. In <laughs> so. asking Nicole Hannah Jones to speak at its conference, the public school forum proves what most have thought: it's not a mainstream organization. Says Bob Lupke, senior fellow at the Center for Effective Education at the John Locke Foundation. It's progressive and left-leaning in political orientation, clearly out of sync with the beliefs of most North Carolinians. But let Hannah Jones make her speeches, collect her checks, and get rich in the process. It's hard to make a stronger case for school choice. Mm. Again, if there's a silver lining 
and all we have been through with this, it is there is a huge demand for alternative education. And I think alternative education will, it could, I don't know that it will, but it could make our public schools stronger. I mean, and I, I, I said this back when I ran for the state Senate back in 1996, school choice makes everything, a competition makes things stronger. Anytime there's not competition, you don't have a a wise consumer. You don't have a consumer that expects um, a particular quality of a product, and uh, yeah. competition makes everybody better. First and Freedom is reporting Gun Owners of America, Gun Owners Foundation, and Grassroots North Carolina and other freedom-minded organizations and individuals are suing Mecklenburg County Sheriff Gary McFadden for failing to issue pistol permits— and concealed handgun permits within the time prescribed by state law in response to Sheriff McFadden's unlawful actions, which have been sitting on outstanding applications for over a year. Now, granted, I understand that because there's so many people that are applying for gun permits that it's slower than it used to be. I think when I first went after my gun permit, I think I got it in a matter of a couple of weeks. Uh, I know someone who recently, well, this last year, uh, went after a, a gum permit, and it, it took several months. I understand that, but over a year. And this is that Wake County. This is Mecklenburg County. <clears throat> Mecklenburg County. Now, the, the same, actually, the same thing happened yeah, in Wake, Wake County. County. Yeah, which isn't that interesting. Wake County and Mecklenburg County, mm-hmm. probably two of the more liberal counties. The, the worst is probably Orange, followed by Durham. Yeah, Durham, and then maybe uh, which uh, uh, Appalachian State? What county is that in? Watauga. Watauga, yeah. No, no, actually, Buncombe County, Ashland would, would probably be next, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, two, two, of the, uh, two of the top five, let's put it that way, two in the top five in terms of liberalism, uh, both of them are sitting on issuing gum permits. Uh, would you like to take a wild guess? The party affiliation of uh, Gary McFadden? Oh, I guarantee. If it's in Charlotte, <laughs> I guarantee he's a Democrat. You got it. Gee, man, you really went out on a limb on that one. Also, <laughs> the Democratic-dominated Guilford County, which is Greensboro, the board of commissions up there, which is dominated by Democrats, um, they will consider a proposed firearms ordinance that would deprive citizens and gun uh, and gun rages of their Second Amendment rights. The North Carolina GOP sent a letter to the commissioners in opposition to the proposal this afternoon. Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson said of the commissioners' outrageous proposal, the Guilford County commissioners' push to forcibly control the rights of law-abiding citizens is not only wrong but dangerous. This new ordinance restricts what you can do in your own property and limits businesses and how they operate. The agenda of the county commissioners is not about the safety of the people, but about pandering to leftist ideology. As a lifelong resident of Guilford County, it's sad to see the county commissioners focusing on a personal agenda rather than real issues. County leaders should be focusing on a plan to prevent real crimes, starting with helping the sheriff's office recruit much-needed deputies to fill vacancies and empower them to build trust within the community. Uh, Included in this proposal by the commissioners... One, make it illegal to repeatedly discharge firearms for two hours consecutively or three hours um, cumulatively between 8 a.m. and 9 p.m., even at at shooting ranges. Why? (laughs) 
Uh, two, violations of this ordinance would result in possible civil penalties as follows. $200 for the first offense, 400 for the second, 500 for three or more offenses in a year. Uh, also, prohibit shooting, including when hunting, within 150 yards of structures designed for occupation by humans, animals, or livestock. This could potentially include abandoned houses, barns, or chicken coops. 150 yards. Hmm. Football field and a half. Yeah. Uh, pretty res- good ways. Restrict shooting ranges, including personal ranges, to use only fixed stationary targets, even though gun ranges frequently have moving targets. Uh, <laughs> so also, no skeet range. No. Yeah. That, that eliminates that. A landowner who is not even present during the discharge of any firearms on their property would be subject to a $500 civil penalty. So somebody goes... I mean, you've got you've got some acres down your way. Mm-hmm. Somebody walks onto your property thinking, oh, "I'm just going to do a little target shooting here," and walks onto Benny's uh, farm and uh, starts shooting. Um, if you were up in uh, Guilford County, I wouldn't advise it on my property. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. It was in Guilford County. <laughs> All right. If you're down uh, in Green County and and, uh, I'm, and, I, County, and, I'm, and I'm really really good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't miss much. <laughs> Uh, change, getting back to the subject here, you could be fined $500 if that was in Guilford County. Uh, violations of this ordinance result in Class three misdemeanor along with $500 criminal fine and could result in additional $500 civil fine. I mean, this is Greensboro. We're, you know, we're, there's plenty of areas in Guilford County that is out in the country. Well, I, I don't know if you remember or if you saw it, but there was a similar, very similar-sounding uh, proposal that was going to be presented to the Pitt County Board of Commission here weeks ago. I did not hear I that. I got wind of it, and um, somebody actually wanted us to talk about it, but all of a sudden it got it didn't get brought up. See, this, and, and Mark Robinson makes a great point. In fact, I don't think they have the authority to do this. Well, Mark Robinson makes a great point. This did not come from the commissioners. No. Mm-mm. And that's what I'm saying. It read very similar to Pitt County's. I wish I could find and it. And the one in Pitt County didn't come from the Pitt County commissioners. No. Mm-hmm. It came from somebody well above, some George Soros-like character well above uh, the folks at the county commission level, found somebody, hey, we're, we're going to push this. Found and, a couple of yeah. uh, liberal Democrats and uh, said, this is what we're going to push. And, of course, you know, the Guilford uh, Board of Commission is where Mark Robinson launched his uh, That's right. His career, I guess you could say. Well, was in, that at the Board of Commissioners meeting? At the Board of Commissioners on, meeting. On that gun show. On that gun show, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, maybe there'll be another uh, Mark Robinson that uh, comes forth as a result. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a public hearing on this. You watch Mark Robinson. Lieutenant Governor might show no, up. Be, I bet he does. That'd be cool. <laughs> Richard Trumpka, president of the powerful AFL-CIO labor union, died unexpectedly earlier today, according to the union. Uh, they said some nice, nice things about uh, Richard Trumpka and his devotion to the common laborer. Um, Richard Trumpka, now, I mean, he's, God bless his soul, but uh, he was a... As you, as we were talking before, I, I, ruthless, I don't think, is too strong of a word to describe <laughs> the guy in order to, for him to get things done. Um, I'll just sort of leave it at that. Uh, yeah, New York Senator Chucky Schumer, I don't know if you saw his um, – I, I, I can't remember if it was on the Senate floor today or if it was I, – I just heard it on the radio. Um, I mean, he had kind of an emotional <laughs> – I shouldn't make well, light of this. He had a, you know had emotional – 
uh, talk, brief talk about him, but I'm thinking said about he, they lo- he said they lost a fierce warrior. He also lost a fierce campaign contributor to oh, yeah. his campaign. Oh, yeah. so. uh, a campaign contributor. You know, and I know the courts have said you cannot take the union dues and hand them over automatically to uh, political candidates that the actual union member disagrees with. But, yeah, yeah right. They're not doing that. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I tell you what, let's take a break because this this next couple of stories is going to take a while to get through. Uh, it's something we got to talk about. You know, it's interesting that the Democrats are still complaining about what took place when individuals went into the uh, Capitol on January the sixth. There's something going on in the Biden administration that is far worse than anything that happened in the Capitol. In terms of our republic being in jeopardy, this is far worse. We'll get to that when we get back. I won't give up the ship. Talking about what matters. This country is too great to throw over to communism. I love it. Here's Tom Lambrecht with more news and news on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. News and views for a political trivia Thursday. We'll get to the political trivia in a bit. Your category is the Supreme Court. Taking a look at your weather forecast. Uh, Looks pretty good. There is a chance of rain, but uh, just a slight chance until probably late Saturday. Then uh, it ramps up again with a, a pretty good chance on Saturday night and uh, uh, up around 60% Saturday night. May, maybe a little rain on Sunday as well, but uh, overall looks pretty good and more moderating temperatures, so not bad. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Voted best golf course in Greenville for two years in a row now. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining and outdoor pool, tennis, and more. The newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is a perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join Ironwood. Pay zero initiation fees. Call 252-752-4653. Find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville. 252-752-4653. Be a part of the best Ironwood Golf and Country Club. So, back in July, there was a Supreme Court decision on this eviction moratorium. Disappointingly, Judge Kavanaugh sided with three liberal justices and John Roberts, okay, four liberal justices, and uh, decided that the CDC did not have the authority to issue an eviction moratorium. However, they said, because I, I, I guess they weren't looking at it as a constitutional issue, but maybe a practical issue, they came out and said... We're not going to put an end to the current moratorium. I guess they thought they just would mm-hmm. cause chaos. But if you want to extend this moratorium beyond July 31st, it's got to be done through Congress. Sounds reasonable, since we are a constitutional republic. Yeah, yeah, sounds reasonable. Well, guess what? Congress didn't pick it up and do anything with it. Uh, we, we talked about this briefly. Was it yesterday? Uh, 
Maxine Waters basically said, uh, I don't buy that the CDC can't extend the eviction moratorium. Who's going to stop them? Who's going to stop them? <laughs> uh, Nancy Pelosi basically said the same thing. Well, so you, anyway. Well, yeah, you said Joe Biden. Uh, I guess you said it. Somebody said it. I mean, he took an oath to uphold the Constitution. Uphold the Constitution. Uh, so why not? Not much. Um, not yeah. much. And, and then he comes out and says, well, and I've talked to some scholars, and they said you can't do it. But I talked to other scholars, and they said you can do it. So we'll do it. Uh, Rochelle Walensky, who is the head of the CDC. So this woman has no, no power, never been elected to anything. She's appointed the CDC director. And uh, she just said, no, we're going to extend it. This is, uh, uh, by the way, John Kennedy, Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana, one of my favorites, said, it's time to rejoin our lives, and we can't give free rent to everybody, talking about the eviction uh, moratorium. If you want free rent, there's nothing free. Everybody has to pay, had to work for it. Somebody had to work for it to get it. I suspect somebody will file suit to try to get in front of the Supreme Court. Now, whether the Supreme Court will take the case or not, I do not know. But let me say again, with permanent Washington types who run this place and under this administration, they make most of the decisions on the Constitution as the Constitution is just a nuisance. Um, that is uh, very move, true. It's a moving target with it. Yeah. yeah. But con- consider <clears throat> this. Um, so you now have an administration who has just shot the bird at the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. They have just totally said, go stick it. You, you can go to where? You can go... We're not going to listen to what you say. Now, these same Democrats said of the January 6th incursion into the Capitol that this was the, the end of the republic as we know it. This, this was horrible. This is the worst thing that's ever happened since the Revolutionary War, according to them. What happened on January 6th was nothing compared to what we have here, mm-hmm. where an administration has basically told the Supreme Court to go to you-know-where, and t- totally ignoring a directive of the Supreme Court. Now, here's the problem. Who's going to hold them accountable? You have got a DOJ. And first of all, you've got a president, and you've got a United States Senate that I think is fraudulent. Yeah. I'm sorry. I've got more stories on that today. I mean, the, the fact that they are in there is fraudulent. Yes, I'm on Donald Trump's side on this. Call me a conspiracy theorist. I don't care. Well, I think it's a fraud. It's supposed, you know, that's part of the executive uh, branch of upholding the laws. That's Joe Biden's responsibility. Yeah. So, and he's, but, but, he's basically said he's going to ignore the law. Yeah. yeah. He's in charge. I mean, he appoints Garrett, uh, what's his name? Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland. I can never get that guy's name straight. Um, the bottom line is. He, Garland's not going to do anything about it. Mm. You got a you got a Department of Justice that this is a blatant unconstitutional act where the Supreme Court has made a decision, and they're saying no, we're not going to obey it. We're going to do what we darn well please, and Garland's just going to look the other way. I, I don't see how they had the authority even to create the eviction rules anyway. I mean. Where does the federal government have the ability to tell a property owner? Well, that's the first choice. I mean, that's the first yeah. question. Would even yeah. does Congress even have the right to? I do mean, this? I would wouldn't think Congress would have that right. I mean, I would think that the Supreme Court could say, "Yeah, Congress has a right to tell you 
okay, you can't evict somebody. So so we just let people come squat on our property and don't have yeah. any power? Yeah, that's basically what's going on. It's the reason I got out of the residential rental well, business, because well, I'd get them out. Sorry. There are stories out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the problem. They have no right to uh, uh, mandate this eviction moratorium, and yet they have. I mean, what they're doing is against the law. But yet, if you were to go in there and forcibly remove someone who is not paying the rent, and by the way, I know people say, well, the federal government's made money available to pay the landlords. Only 7% of it's been distributed, and there's not enough money in there, even if they they, uh, distributed all of it anyway. There's not enough money, and then you got knuckleheads like Roy Cooper in charge of getting it distributed, and it took him four or five years to distribute hurricane funds. This this is you either got property rights or you don't. Yeah, plain and this simple. this is so so vile. I, I mean, you, you talk about a attack on our republic, and and again, and by the way, if you've ever wondered why the liberals keep pushing and pushing and pushing COVID. As if the sky is falling, the world is coming to an end. This is the reason why, right Control. here. Control, yeah. Control. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it wasn't for COVID, they wouldn't have. I don't think they won the election, but they wouldn't have had the right to introduce these fraudulent, uh, unconstitutional laws that allowed all kinds of hanky panky to take place in the last general election, and they wouldn't have this eviction moratorium. No, and, and look, this yeah. is a redistribution of wealth, pure yeah, and simple. And, and people in Washington, I mean, that's more power for now the landlord to come beg Lord Congress to give them some relief. So now they got control of the landlord. Yep. You yep. know, it's it, it's shameful. Well, and uh, people need to wake up. Well, uh, people need to wake up, and boy, I, I you know. This is how anarchy starts, and, and this, is, this is the beginning of anarchy. When, when you have one governmental body, um, and, you know, we have the, the whole idea of we have the legislative branch, we have the executive branch, and we have the judicial branch, and they're, they're co-equals, and yet we now have an executive branch that said to the other two branches, you can go to you-know-where, and we've got— We've got Nancy Pelosi, and then we've got the Senate, which is 50-50 with Kamala Harris breaking the tie. Again, I think they're there fraudulently, but uh, we have got uh, a conservative Supreme Court, and now we have a Biden administration and a Congress that is telling the Supreme Court to go stick it. And think about the two branches of Congress and the presidency. You've got three people between Pelosi, Schumer, and uh, Biden that combined have been in the federal government for like 150 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or maybe a little more, actually. And, and you know, you, you always hear about people saying, well, you know, the, the, you know, the whole system is too bureaucratic and goes too slow. That's why our founding fathers put it this, together this way. It's supposed to go slow. When, it, when you have what you see going on right now with people just making up the rules as they go along— I mean, it was Alcee Hastings. You know, ain't no rules around here. Yeah. We're going to do what we want. <laughs> ain't no rules around here. We're trying to accomplish something. That's the government. <laughs> Did you see the video? Do you have that video of uh, Alexandria Casey-Cortez? <laughs> there it is. Look, if you're watching uh, on Cable 7 or Facebook, it's up on our screen. Ocasio-Cortez 
They had a protest on the steps of the Capitol. All the Dems came out, you know, on this eviction moratorium deal. And uh, they came out and, you know, um, AOC comes out. They, everybody's gathered around. And when they go to take the pictures, she puts on her mask. I mean, what a fraud. And then, yeah, there's uh, Markley, the uh, congressman, or he's now in the Senate, um, Ed Markley, Markey uh, from Massachusetts. He did the same thing. Look at that. Yeah. She's mm. sitting there amongst dozens of Democrats when they say, and they say, if you, if you listen to the audio, put it up on our Facebook page or uh, on our website, on our website, ENC News and Views, because uh, you can hear them say, okay, let's take a photograph. And she pulls out her mask and puts it on for the photograph. What a fraud. What you a total know, fraud. You know, when AOC smiles, she re- she reminds me either of a, of a sheephead fish. Here we go. Or, or the car character mater. <laughs> yeah, there, there they are applauding for themselves after they take a picture. I'm sorry, a sheephead fish? Yeah, you ever seen a sheephead fish? They have like they have like human looking teeth, kind of. <laughs> I mean, or a horse, you know. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> she's got big teeth. I mean, this, I'm just saying. <laughs> Maybe she just has a small head. Um, speaking of squad members, which of course AOC is one of. Man, went down. I had had some peanuts before we went on the air, and one just got caught in my throat. <clears throat> Speaking of the squad, um, this gal, Corey Bush, who is the newest member of the squad out of Missouri. We talked a little bit about her yesterday. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's a sheephead fish. <laughs> send, that to, send that to Clark. He can put it up on the screen. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll have to show that to uh, our viewers. You're right. She does look like a sheephead fish. Uh, now you got me all Sorry about discombobulated. That. Squad member Corey Bush, she was one of the ones that were sitting out. She slept on the courthouse steps. And uh, it turns out she's a big advocate for continuing the eviction moratorium. It turns out in 2015, she was kicked out of where she was running. And this wasn't the first time she was evicted. She was kicked out because she didn't pay her rent. <laughs> you, you just can't make it up. No. And now she's advocating for people to not have to pay their rent. So she and um, AOC, you know, they're, the, the, you know, they, they were basically nothing. Now they've gotten elected in a couple of liberal districts. They're getting their congressional pay, which, you know, to them is probably feels like a million dollars. Then they have their campaign coffers, which, you know, guys like George Soros are probably filling that up as quick as they can. Uh, What's interesting about that now, I'm not sure where this uh, $70,000 came from, but Corey Bush was being interviewed by CBS News. Most of the interview had to do with what happened on the uh, steps of the uh, Capitol with the the little Democratic, 
you know, sit in, sleep in, whatever they called it. Um, but but today has got to be a good day for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because she will no longer be considered the biggest idiot in Congress. That title <laughs> now goes to Cory Bush. Cory Bush was ripped by viewers earlier today after telling CBS News that the police needed to be defunded. This is cut one. Um, so she has her own personal security detail, but she wants to defund the police. Kudos to CBS. Now, they weren't as tough on the follow-up as they should have been, but they did ask her about, uh, isn't this a little hypocritical? You have your own security detail, and yet you want everybody else not to have police? You faced some criticism in recent weeks over your push to uh, defund the police. Um, the campaign records show that you spent roughly $70,000 on, on private security, and some critics say that move is hypocritical. Um, what's your response to those critics? They would rather I die? You would rather me die? Is that what you want to see? You want to see me die? You know, because that could be the alternative. So either I spent $70,000 on private security over the last few months, and I'm here standing here standing now and able to speak, able to help save 11 million people from being evicted, or I could possibly have a death attempt on my life. And we're also talking about the same exact people who say horrible things about me, who lie to get to, to build up their base. And then because they lie about me, I receive death threats. I have private security because my body is worth being on this planet right now. I have private security because they, the white supremacist, racist narrative that they drive into this country, the fact that they don't care that this black woman that has put her life on the line, they can't match my energy, first of all. This black woman who's, who, who puts her life on the line, they don't care that, my, that I could be taken out of here. They actually probably are okay with that. But this is the thing. I won't let them get that off. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. What other occupation can do work that's out of their scope? and still be propped up to do work that's out of their scope. As a nurse, I can't be the surgeon too. You don't want me being your surgeon and I'm the nurse. At what point do we pay police to be social workers? No, nah, we don't. How do they get to be social workers? So what I'm saying is you do your job, let the people who are who um, have gone to school with a particular skill set do theirs. Neither defunding the police and being able to have security because because those same folks are causing it. It's two totally different things. And the other and this is my last point on this: if I have actual police officers who have threatened my life, tell me that I don't need security. And 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 I, and, and and let me just say this last thing. My security is not to keep me safe from the people of St. Louis. My security is to keep me safe from those racist attempts made against my life. Congresswoman, have you had police officers threaten you? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I've been doing I've been in this fight for wow. seven years. I'm a Ferguson activist that happened to us. That has happened to us. It's not just me. 
Ferguson front line, that has happened to us multiple. I mean, it's more times than we can count. But even now, but as, a Congress, a as a member of Congress, you've had uh, police officers threaten your life. I mean, it, and they're, they're still people. And you know what the thing is? They can threaten my life, and I'm still working for them. I'm still going to work for them. I'm still going to make sure their families are taken care of because I'm no respecter of persons. If you have a need, I'm going to take care of you because that's my job. You faced some criticism in recent weeks over... Okay, there you have Exhibit A for why she is now considered the biggest idiot, babbling idiot, I might add, in Congress. And I'm, I'm, oh, that's so mean, you're so mean, Tom. No, this woman is a, A, a communist, and B, an idiot, and she's, and and C, she doesn't answer the question. Not once did she answer, she might have tried to justify why she deserves um, her own security detail. And by the way, I do not believe for one second any police officer has ever threatened yeah. her as a congresswoman or as an individual citizen. I'm sorry, I don't buy it. Have I ever walked in her shoes? No. But look, this this idea that we're going to vilify the police and anybody that's a liberal, that's uh, a, a person of color and a liberal, they can just make these accusations and we're just supposed to bow down and believe it. I don't. I'm generally an optimist, but you know, she makes me think there's no freaking hope for America. If she gets elected to Congress, good grief. Mm. Yeah. How, it, well, that's another good question. How in the world do these bozos get elected well, to Congress? Well, you know, I'm sure it's a gerrymandered district oh, yeah. in East oh, yeah. St. Louis. I'm sure. I don't even have to look. I guarantee it's but, East St. Louis. But, but I'm too important? I mean, that's basically what she's saying. I am so important that I deserve my own security detail. Mm-hmm. You other people are just... You're peons. You're not worth it. You're not important like I am. I'm an important congressperson. I've got to be here and do my work, and you're not. So you don't deserve protection, but I do. That's basically what she said. She's just, you know, she's just the next generation of Maxine Waters and Sheila Jackson Lee. I mean, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, she, she'll be there till she dies. <laughs> she, she <laughs> might make Maxine Waters look like the good old days. I, boy, man, <laughs> mm. this person is. Yeah, uh, that's, kind of, that's kind of like I told somebody last night. I said. I, you remember the good old days when we had this conservative president, Barack Obama? <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> I mean, really. Although he's out, he's out there calling the shots, I'm but, quite certain. Yeah, but when you look at his eight years as a president uh, compared to where the Democrat Party has gone now, yeah, he's pretty daggone yeah. conservative. Yeah. We can only hope we have a fair election next time. Hey, let's play political trivia, shall we? 561-8255, 561-8255. Your category, the Supreme Court, got a good question, got a good prize package. We'll play when we get back. Time for a little political trivia. 561-8255. The lines are open. 561-8255 or toll free. I actually, who, who worries about toll calls anymore, right? 866-963-1037. 561-8255. Uh, we've got lines open. Your category, the Supreme Court. Your prize package includes a free oil change for your car pickup at Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. A gift certificate from Fit for Life, including two free training sessions with a coach. A $20 gift card to the Pirate Cove Car Wash. A gift card for a free round of golf, including cart at Ironwood. 
$20 gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner. Mucho Bueno, real Mexican street food located in front of the Westbrook Shopping Center, U.S. 70 West in Havelock. A $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden. Delicious baked fresh made from scratch goodies. And a gift card to University PC Care. Remember, if anyone in your family has won recently, let 60 days pass before you play again. 561-8255. Are you going to make me give the question first? These people are, are really... Uh, the question's too hard. Here's... Well, okay, I'll, I'll give it to you. They want to go, Google it. Yeah, they want to... Well, you're going to have to Google this one. The, whoever wins is going to be the quickest, quickest Googler. Uh, in 1965, the Supreme Court decided a landmark case entitled Griswold versus Connecticut. It had nothing to do with Clark Griswold. <laughs> Although he did live in Connecticut, didn't he? Uh, no, he lived in Chicago. Was, yeah, right. It was the Blackhawks. Uh, Griswold versus Connecticut. What was the big question before the court? In 1965, the Supreme Court decided a landmark case entitled Griswold versus Connecticut. What was the big question before the court? And uh, I will say this, too, that unfortunately, this is back in 1965, but unfortunately, this case opened a Pandora's box for other court decisions that would come down the road. And just to be clear, since this Griswold, it didn't have anything to do with the taxability of awarding the Jelly of the Month Club. <laughs> five six one eight two five five. Little Christmas vacation humor there. Yeah, nineteen sixty five. The Supreme Court decided a landmark case entitled Griswold versus Connecticut. What was the question? before the court in this case. First up is Ed from Greenville. Hey, Ed. Hey, Ed. Hey, man. Ed, you there? Hello. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What do you think? What was do Griswold versus it? Connecticut? Griswold versus Connecticut. Well, if it was anything in Connecticut, it was probably gun laws. Ah, that's not it. Hmm. It has nothing to do with gun laws. Uh, this yeah. Try try again. Five six one eight two five five. Sorry, Ed. It did not have to do with gun laws. Although he's right, that's <laughs> pretty liberal <laughs> up there on gun laws. Um, so this opened a Pandora's box for other decisions. Um, hint number one: by today's standards, it's hard to believe that this had to come before the Supreme Court. That a case like this had to come by today's standards. Hard to believe this had to come before the Supreme Court. Uh, who is it, Mike? Mike. Let's go to Mike in Newburn. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Good. What do you think? What was Griswold all about? The Miranda rights. It was not the Miranda rights. Ah. It is okay. uh, it, much more. Uh, it is, again, this is a big hint. By today's standards, this case it, it's surprising that this case came before the Supreme Court. And it was in as, 1965? As late as 1965. You just think yeah. about what was going on in 1965. Yeah. Yeah. 561 Let's go to Tim in Greenville. Hey, Tim. Hey, Tim. Hey, how you doing? Good. What do you think? What was Griswold all about? It was a uh, contraceptive issue. <laughs> it was. Un- ban on it or something. Yeah, you're right. It was. Congratulations. Griswold versus Connecticut. Now, this I, I one of the reasons I asked this question is because it's so unbelievable that yeah yeah for sure. So um, st- stop and think about this. It came before the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, the Griswold versus Connecticut protected 
the liberty of a married couple to buy and use contraceptives without government restriction. Mm. Prior to that, apparently in Connecticut, you couldn't buy certain contraceptives. Well, there's a this lot. This was of, 1965. Yeah, there's a lot of states had kind of crazy rules, and you know that's about the start of the women's, uh, you know, women's um, kind of rights movement, if you will, yeah. in the 60s. Yeah. So. Kind of a mild issue compared to today, huh? Big, uh, big time. <laughs> yeah. Um, by a seven to two vote, the Supreme Court invalidated the law. Actually, there was two people on the Supreme Court at the time that wanted to uphold the law. So, uh, yeah, the Vatican probably wasn't too happy with this. Uh, where are you calling from? Greenville. All right. Well, hang on the line because uh, we're going to get all your information, and uh, we'll get you those prizes. And thanks for everybody who played. And Benny, I'll be right back. This is your Drive at 5 and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Congratulations to Tim Crouchy of Greenville. He got it right. Uh, the Griswold versus Connecticut court had everything to do with... Uh, the use of contraceptives. In Connecticut, uh, you didn't have the right to go out and buy certain contraceptives prior hmm. to 1965. I would have not guessed that in Connecticut. You know, yeah. Maybe a southern state or something. But, uh, or, uh, yeah, I was surprised anywhere in 1965. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe 1865, but 1965? <laughs> of course, 1865, you're pretty limited. Uh, <laughs> won't go there. Yeah, um, we, we better go. Change topic. <laughs> <laughs> Business Insider is reporting, and this is really interesting, because remember how all the Dems were insistent that Donald Trump cheated on his taxes and he owed all kinds of money, right? Mm-hmm. Former President Donald Trump is owed a refund of over a million dollars for his Chicago skyscraper, but guess what? Local officials are trying to stop it from being paid. An Illinois tax agency ruled last month that Trump paid too much on his 2011 tax bill after the value of Trump International Hotel and Towers Rooms and retail space was overassessed by the Cook County Board of Review, and uh, they owe Trump $1.3 million in property taxes. In property taxes. Mm-hmm. Now, I know this is not his income tax, but uh, the local Cook County state's attorney has filed a lawsuit to block the refund. Unbelievable. I mean, you know, the theme of today's program is Democrats do what they please and they don't give one iota about the law of the land. And that is the beginning of anarchy. I mean, mm-hmm. our anarchy might already be here, but these guys are putting it on steroids. It's a beautiful building, too, on the Chicago River. It really is. So, I mean, I have no idea what he paid in taxes, but uh, he paid too much. Hey, we got to run. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye bye, everybody. All right, all right.